It's Monday. It's midnight. It's my top ten. Joining me this week is blogger and author Joe Middleton. You can find her on the slummysinglemummy.com blog and you can read her book Playgroups and Prosecco, The Misadventures of a Single Mum. I went all the way back to Taunton where I'd been the week before for Simon Parkin and this is what we spoke about. Warning, if you are hungry, maybe get yourself some snacks before you listen to this. of sickle cell anemia before that. Joining me this week is Joe Middleton, a writer, blogger and wordsmith. Uh, hello Joe. welcome hello. to the podcast. Thank you for having me. First off, uh, let's just have uh, some warm-up chat. Okay. Um, what is your life story in three sentences? Okay, my life story in three sentences. Wow, I should have been prepped for this. Okay, um, I grew up as a really swatty child with not many friends who loved stationery sentence one nice um i got pregnant as a teenager much to the surprise of everybody else in my school and have been a parent for 24 years that was sentence two um i gave up full-time job 10 years ago to become a freelance journalist and start writing my blog right and on the subject of career what career what three career highlights stand out for you oh I had a bit of a mismatch career really doing lots of kind of random jobs that I didn't particularly enjoy um so it's quite hard to pick out highlights I don't really think anything good much happened until I started working for myself so probably quitting my job in 2009 via email after a couple of glasses of wine was probably a quite a dramatic turning point for me so let's have that as one of them um then oh oh no no I've got one that's before then um so before I gave up work I'd been doing little bits and pieces of writing for free and I remember getting my very first check for a piece of paid writing which I before I paid it into the bank I took a photocopy of it so I could keep it so for 75 pounds um and that must have been a few years before I gave up my job so that would be like my number one so then I and then I gave up a job and then let's go with the getting a book published by penguin that was quite a big thing and that was quite recent as well wasn't it yes so that was just may this year 2019 and that's playgroups and prosecco should anyone yeah uh, feel the need to go out and get it which i would recommend you do because i've just finished it on the way here oh i, I was listening to you're it you're not audio, meant to but... read and drive you know oh <laughs> damn that's why i kept crashing <laughs> foolish um and when you 
So when you uh, sent the email, were there any choice phrases as you've had, as you'd had a couple of glasses of wine first? Oh, when I gave up the job. Um, gosh, I don't really remember exactly what I said. I was probably quite to the point, like, I just hate this job. Please let me leave. Uh, it was quite a strange job. I'd only been in it about eight eight weeks. So I was still in this kind of one week notice period. Um, and it was about an hour and a quarter drive from where I lived at the time. And I negotiated, well, the, what the business thought of as flexible working, but basically meant me starting at 10 instead of nine, which I didn't think was massively flexible. And then just to test me on that my manager would quite often put meetings in for nine o'clock on the dot and then if I wasn't there you know if I ran in at three minutes past ten she'd say oh sorry it's not good enough that's just cruel isn't it yeah so it wasn't much fun really I was pleased to leave so top ten what what's your subject matter well when you said top ten obviously I thought snacks just immediately um, I could make up an excuse about having been hungry at the time, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lie because really I just think about snacks all the time. Like even if I'm having my lunch, I'm thinking about what I'm going to have at dinner and I go to bed thinking about breakfast. Um, Food is like really important to me. Do you have a long history with snacks where you brought up in a quite a snacky family? Yeah, I would say so. Like I definitely think my mum is quite uh, like oh, if you're not feeling very good or you're not feeling very well or you're a bit sad, like, have a snack. That will always help. Like, a snack solves everything. And are you more inclined for sweet or savoury? I think probably sweet, as you'd probably tell by the distribution of snacks. I tried to put in some savoury things to make it look like I wasn't too much of a pig. But, um, like, if I was sitting in the evening watching a film, sweet would be where I'd go, definitely. And... Are they all in a particular order? Are they ranked or...? No, not really. And I, th- it's a tricky one because my daughter, Belle, is always asking me, like, oh, mum, what's your favourite film? What's your favourite colour? Which... And I'm always saying, well, it just depends on your mood, doesn't it? Like, you can't have one snack that's always going to be your top snack. Because sure. sometimes you just really want a piece of cheese and that's going to push a Jaffa cake off the top any time. Um, so, no, I've got... I'm flexible with the ordering. Okay, let's save. If you can single out a favourite one, let's save that for the end. Okay. But other than that, let's let's plough through. What would be snack number ten on the list? Oh well, normally I might rank it higher, but I made this banana bread today, and I call it a foolproof banana bread recipe. But I really was setting myself up for failure with that because something went wrong with it. I think my hand slipped a bit with the baking soda. So there's kind of like a slight fizzy edge on your tongue. (laughs) So, but you, you know, we can have a try and see what you think. So I think today that's going to go in at number 10 for me. So it's a homemade banana bread. It's like a really easy recipe normally. And it's one of those things that I make because, you know, I buy bananas and then I don't eat them and then they're manky in the fruit bowl. So I make this. Because then I can convince myself it's just me eating a piece of fruit every time I have a slice of it. And is it your own recipe or is it a hybrid or is it one straight Uh, out of a book? No, I think I found it online somewhere and I probably left out a few ingredients just to simplify it. Like I think it's meant to have a drizzle or something like that, but I I can't be bothered with that. Well, dear listener, we are going to eat snacks as we go through this episode, which is fabulous news for me. So I'm going to apologise in advance for my noisy eating. 
I had a boyfriend once who used to have to leave the room when I ate. Oh, that's just mean. I think it said more about him than me. I think you're right. I hope. Disgusting behaviour. Yeah. So if you get like a feeling like you're cleaning your teeth with one of those whitening toothpastes, that would be the baking soda. No, I think you've you've done it a disservice. I think that's nice. Well, you've not had the normal one, you see, Uh, to compare. And are you an advocate of putting in lots of... Because I was, I was looking up yesterday the sort of things that you can do with a banana bread and everyone's got a variation on it. Vanilla extract, chocolate chips, nuts. Um, Nigella went for bourbon-soaked sultanas. Well, I'm going to recommend on the basis of this not putting in excess baking powder. You're very brave, carrying on, but I'm not, I'm not convinced. Um, I would definitely be a fan of anything. Anything you've got lying around. Chocolate chips, definitely. Mm-hmm. Little casual walnut, chuck them in. Um, yeah, I'm kind of my approach to cookery generally is just to use whatever I have lying around. Oh, the best way. So I've got a couple of um, signature main meals. One is called crap from the freezer. <laughs> so that's just uh, well, as the name implies, whatever crap I've got in the freezer. And then another is called uh, fridge pasta. So that's just pasta with whatever's in the fridge. And yeah. do you ever end up with things like lettuce and apple fridge pasta? Well, I did famously make uh, a pie once with leftover vegetables that now my children call purple pie because one of the leftover vegetables was some red cabbage and it made everything purple. And is it something they've since asked for again? And you no, have to That's lucky, never. but that'd be tough having to remember <laughs> which particular... Things went in with the purple. Yeah, they've been, they've never asked for purple pie again. Don't know why. And are you a big baker other than banana bread? Oh yeah, I quite I like baking. I like um, making biscuits that look like shop bought biscuits. Right. I've got quite a few blog posts where I've done that. So I've made my own bourbons, made my own jammy dodgers party rings turned out particularly well wow what iced as well yeah Gosh. iced with the little like zig- zigzaggedy lines on i've made my own jaffa cakes um yeah I, I like a bit of baking i can't do big cakes like victoria sponge i don't know what it is but i can't make them rise when i when the kids were little i used to have to make two victoria sponges right and stack them on top of each other so i had four layers Wow. And even then, it wasn't as high as a normal cake should be. But it was very high calorie. <laughs> uh, yeah, but apart from that, small cakes, I'm good. Next on the list. Yeah. Well, let's go with something savoury then, to balance that out. Let's have frazzles. Frazzles. Lovely. Yes. So we're going to crunch these in your ear list now. Apologies yeah. for that. Actually, I'm not sorry at all. I love frazzles. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Now, I think... Um, Frazzles, ironically, are suitable for vegetarians. So, however, not for vegans because they have lactase ah. um, from their sort of milk stuff in them. Sorry, it's not lactase. That was what's it? I think I've got lactose. Whey powder. Whey powder. Yeah, milk lactose in what's it? Mm. Frazzles have the whey powder. They're so good, though, aren't they? Yeah. So are you? Do you flirt with vegetarianism or veganism or anything? No. Um, my 
when we were younger, my mum and dad went through a period of being vegetarian. So we did eat vegetarian food a bit when I was younger. And then my eldest daughter, B, when she was about 16, she was vegan for a year, um, which was really hard work. Mm. And then she left and went to university. And within about three days, she'd sent me this message saying, I'm in Burger King and I've just had a whopper and a milkshake. So I think she realised it was really hard work and expensive. Although veganism's getting easier by the day, mm. isn't it? More convenient things coming out, more um, more volume of things, more mm. volume of vegan products. Definitely. So what is it about the non-vegan tasting frazzle that sets it apart from other... Well, I like a crisp that's quite melty in your mouth. Mm. So I'm a fan of a quaver as well, something like that. Um onion rings or the kind of like cheap crisps when i was um at secondary school and it was a news agent on the way home from school that sold um crisps called tangy toms oh i love tangy toms and they were like 5p a packet or something and they're basically air covered in dust and you put them in your mouth and they just dissolve immediately they were very melty yeah so i think it's that kind of i like that vibe but the bacon flavor is just superb Mm. And of course, there's Smiths, who who no longer exist as a company, um, just as a brand. But Smiths also had the bacon flavour fry. Oh, did like, they make scampi fries as well? Yeah, oh, I love scampi fries. But I don't, um, I don't think they make the cheese moments anymore. I think they were the three sort of gourmet mm. range that they did. But um, were the cheese moments the ones with the centres? Yeah, triangles. Oh. Triangle of uh, fluffiness with mm. the sort of almost solidy, mm. cheesy middle. That's a flashback. I think my mum used to like those and think they were sophisticated. We'd be allowed a packet of them or bacon fries or scampi fries when we went with my dad to the to office. The, or to the pub, yeah. Have scampi fries in the pub with my dad. But it seems a surprise, though, that they, they bothered with the bacon flavour fries, which were just sort of harder, crispier frazzles in a way. Hmm. Also, I think there's something fun about a food that's pretending to be another food. Mm. It takes me back a little bit to when we were young and you used to get those sweets that looked like cigarettes and you would pretend to smoke them and yeah. like, try and look cool because everyone knows smoking's cool. Um, I don't think you're, they're allowed to call them that anymore, but they're the candy sticks. And there were two different kinds, weren't there? They're the ones that were white through and through that you could sort of suck to a point and stab people with. And then there was the more sort of chocolatey mm, ones that had wrapped paper. Wrapped in paper. But it, well, I don't think it was edible paper. So you'd end up with a <laughs> watch of sticky, disgusting white real paper in your mouth. And Oh, those are the days, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And cola balls that were coated in aluminium and <laughs> other ones that had black carbon in. My mum looked up the ingredients and said, oh, these got black carbon in. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Mum. Yeah, these are good, and these are a nice balance to my fizzy banana cake. I'm not going to eat all of them, though, because I've got pace myself. Ah, I'm going to have trouble tearing myself away. They're really good. So, there are also, like, a lot of knockoffs, aren't there, of frazzles? But I think, you could, I, think I could take a taste test with a frazzle and a 
Oh, do you? Own brand. Well, should... This should be the moment where I whip out an own brand. This is where I should frazzle. have prepared and brought my own own brand frazzle. Because <laughs> that would have been a fun taste test. Uh, I don't know. I like to think I could, but I probably couldn't. I don't think I've got a very sophisticated palate, really. I think it's sad how many crisps have gone by the wayside that are great. You said Tangy Tom's, I've not seen them for ages, but mm. this company, as I said, Smiths were bought out years ago. And I think a lot of their decent things have gone by the wayside. You can still get salt and vinegar chip sticks, but not the ready salted. Mm. Tubes have just gone completely. And I don't know what's happening with French fries, whether they're mm. still as many different flavours as they used really to have. I'm really a fan of those. Too crunchy, you see. They're not on the melty end of the crisp uh. spectrum. Although I say that, I used to like squares. Yes. But you can still get those. And I used to like the ones where the silk came in a separate bag. Salt and shake, yeah. yeah. I think they're, they're one of the few that um, stayed Smith's branded through all of the... Oh, look at me, what a geek. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird though, isn't it? Because nobody ever didn't put the salt on. No. And yet, it was just something so fun about the option. You know, so you just end up with a bag of ready salted crisps, but somehow, like, the process of having put the salt on yourself is really fun. Yeah, I made these. Things yeah. always taste nice yeah. when they when I, I created know. these crisps myself. Are things nice when you've made them yourself or when someone else has done oh, it for you? I think when someone else has made it for you with food. Like, if you cook a big Christmas dinner yourself, you don't want to eat it at the end, do you? Oh, I do. After going to all that effort. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm just like eating it as I go along. Maybe I'm just actually full. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you've had fun along the way. Yeah. yeah. Jazzed up the whole experience. Um, so where should we go from there? Let's go. Oh, this is so exciting. Let's go with tea and biscuits. Tea and biscuits. So it's almost a palate cleanser. So we've got a couple of teas. Yeah. Cup of, cup of tea that I made in advance. I think this is good to do this one earlier on, otherwise the tea will get too cold and then the tea to soggy biscuit ratios will be all wrong. So I I go with a very plain choice of biscuit for my dunking, which is the rich tea finger, which I think is a very underrated biscuit. And is it the finger? Because it's an easier shake to dunk rather than the... It's more sentimental value for me, really. My gran, my mum's mum, used to always have a packet of Marks and Spencer's Rich Tea Fingers on the go. And she would wake up really early every morning and she'd go downstairs and she'd make a cup of tea and she'd bring up a little stack of Rich Tea Fingers. And sometimes, as a special treat, she would make sandwiches with them by putting a layer of butter between two fingers. Oh, wow. Which is decadence in itself really I mean so whenever I dunk a rich tea finger I do always think of my gran but it's good because they're not like too many calories because they're quite small so you have a few and you don't feel like too bad about yourself the trouble is though because they're only small thank you you can quite easily find you've eaten 17 and not really notice oh yeah and you have to be careful with them because it's not like dunking a ginger nut or something. You know, there's a certain risk factor on the rich tea finger. Funny you should mention ginger nut because you've also mentioned that in the book, don't you, um, on the subject of dunking. But my cousin and I accidentally would find ourselves at his house watching Breakfast Club when we should have been at college. And 
this this is the type of regularly we do experiments on biscuits to see ah. optimum sag times. Excellent. Um, and the ginger nut was one of the ones we tried and found to be the most robust. Yeah, it's sturdy. Good eight seconds, I think that lasts. Whereas a rich tea is maybe two or three. I mean, you have to time a rich tea carefully, and there have been many a time where I have. But you see how wobbly oh, that's going already. That oh. is that was perfection on the sag oh, factor. That was good. But it's very easy to just have a lump of rich tea floating. If you're really careful, you can use a second rich tea to scoop out the bit you've dropped. But you have to do that super quickly, otherwise you end up just with two soggy lumps of that rich tea. That is advanced tactics. Mm. I mean, that's like expert level. And does it... I've, I've got... I've gone on brand on this, but does it matter with a rich tea? Is a rich tea much of a match or... Can you tell the difference between... I can't tell the difference. I think um, there's not really much to go wrong in a rich tea, is there? No. And I think that because of that, that's why it is such a good one to dunk in a tea. Yeah. I think more vibrant flavours or something with chocolate on it that would come off in your teas, not so good, is it? The chocolate one is controversial because I do sometimes like a chocolate biscuit. If you like... You dunk it till the chocolate melts and then you can lick off the chocolate and then you've still got the biscuit. But it's messier. Mm. It's not the kind of simple pleasure of a rich tea finger. But also it can leave a sort of taint on your tea taste, can't it? That's also true. Oh, you see, you could just eat hundreds of these. Very easily, which, which is why I take your point that it's nice that they're so small and skinny. Because I'd quite easily have burned through a mm. whole pack of biscuits as soon as they're opened. But I think where these are sort of smaller servings, as it were. Have you ever had a whole cup of tea just with biscuit? Like not drunk any of it and then found that you were at the bottom of the cup? Mm, I think I've done with coffee. I think Because my... then you know you're in dangerous territory and you've eaten a lot of biscuits. Yes. And there's no more, no more room for other snacks. Um, so the, the rich tea finger, or the rich tea, according to my research, mm. um, goes all the way back to 17th century Yorkshire. Really? So that's, that's oh. quite an old snack um, to still be going. Oh, it is, isn't it? If it was a crisp variety, it wouldn't still be around now, would it? Well, I don't no. think they'd have had crisps back then. Gosh, I didn't know that biscuits went back that far. There we go, being historical in my snack choices. And do you have, did you have any near-miss biscuits on the list? Or was it specifically a biscuit that needed to go in the tea? I think it was a... Oh, see, I love all kinds of biscuits. I'm definitely more of a biscuit than a cake person, normally. So I would much rather have, like, a packet of Maryland chocolate chip cookies than a big piece of chocolate cake. Although I think they changed the recipe, didn't they? They seem to be more salty now, the Marylands. Have they? Yeah. I've not had one for a while. Don't okay. ruin it for I won't. you. All right. As long as you don't have one, you've always got the option of having one. But yeah, as long as uh, have they gone a bit Oreo? Oreo are quite salty, aren't they? They are, but I think they get away with it because of the amount of sweet in there. But uh, the Maryland just seems to have ruined itself. Oh well, that's sad. That is sad. Yeah, but I pretty much take on most biscuits. I reckon. The rich teas are good. Hobnobs are considered a hobnob. But with a hobnob, you see, that's the equivalent of about three or four rich tea fingers in one biscuit. Yeah. 
and that's I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it's much fun and also I don't think they've got they're, they're a bit more difficult to judge aren't they the sag factor because mm-hmm. of the crumbliness yeah I tried making my own hobnobs once in my whole like making biscuits that look like other biscuits thing and I found some recipes online and I didn't want to use those so I looked at the ingredients instead and tried to mimic the proportions right it was terrible I just made like solid oat cakes yeah still taste good though I mean they would have lasted minutes in a cup of tea they were (laughs) (laughs) I should have used them for that really uh, no, they weren't my finest baking hour. So out of your making biscuits that are other real biscuits, which you said you, you did well with the party ring. I think visually the party rings, although the actual biscuit was slightly different. I made them with more of a shortbread, right. like a thin shortbread, because I know I think party rings in real life are let down by the quality of the biscuit. And it, it's quite cheap, isn't it? And yes. kind of crispy. So I went with a nicer biscuit. I think decorations-wise, they looked the most realistic. Um, To eat, well, Belle managed to eat like 24 of those in about three hours. I thought the jammy dodgers I made were pretty good. Wow, that's quite an ambitious one. Yeah, well, that was a similar kind of shortbread, which is more realistic because jammy dodger is more of a shortbready texture. And I even bought a special little tiny heart cutter Uh so I could cut out the heart shape. So, yeah, those were pretty nice. And did you alter? Because the middle of a jammy dodger is quite stingy with its cream and jam. Did you did you beef that up oh, in your? A jammy dodger doesn't have cream in. Doesn't it have a little thin. No, there's jam and cream biscuit, which right. has both, which has normally a circle cut out of the middle, but a jammy dodger is just jam. Ah. I'm sh- I'm shocked, and given your level of research, that you would make such jam. a rookie error. Oh, that's terrible error, isn't it? <laughs> I need to go and eat some jammy dodgers now as penance. <laughs> but it's quite a, a thick, hard jam, isn't it? In the yeah, so... I just used a regular jam. I didn't, I didn't toughen it up in any way. And did it have a nice sort of gooey? Yeah, it was it was really good. So you improved on the jammy dodger. I, th- I think I did. Oh, I'm, I know what I've got confused with the ones that are like jammy dodgers but have faces on. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, that's just in your dream. That's just like the biscuits with the faces. Mm. No, there are. I know what you mean. I, c- I can half picture them. So, and I think there are jam. There are biscuits called like jam and cream biscuits or something yeah, like that. Yeah, all the supermarkets rip them off, don't they? Yeah. Is there a biscuit that you think is in need of a bit of a bit of beefing up? And if so, how would you do it? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Well, I do think I, I also improved on the party rings by yeah. making the biscuit a better quality in that. Um, apart from that, though, I don't think I'd want a medal because biscuit makers know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah. Like, what do I know just in my kitchen? I mean, you can definitely beef up a rich tea finger sandwiching it together with butter. Yeah. But I'm not sure that would be popular. Would it need anything else? No, just that, just standing in the kitchen with the knife in one hand, just eating it. I suppose the dipping side of it, you don't want too much. You don't want butter, you You don't want dip butter in your tea, that'll all go wrong. Right, well I've nearly finished my tea, so where should we go next? Let's go 
savoury again. Let's go rice cakes and peanut butter. Now, I've provided the rice cakes and the peanut butter, and I hope I've uh, done a good job because I went for smooth, thinking that if you didn't like the bits, yeah, at least you know there are no bits. Whereas yeah. you can't take bits out if you didn't like the bits. That's um, very true. I've gone for a lightly salted. Oh, this is really wanky. Isn't it? Lightly salted whole grain low fat rice cakes. Oh, organic. Get you. Um, this looks look good. Nice. In the You've shop. got to keep it simple, really. With a with this. This is what I eat when I uh, am trying to kid myself that I'm having a healthy snack. Whereas it's peanut butter, isn't it? It's not. Hmm. I mean, nuts are good for you, but. Yeah. But the trouble with a rice cake is, I think, it begs to have something spread on it because it's quite dry on its own. It's not really fun on its own, it has to be said. It needs a smear of something, doesn't it? Yes. Should I put some peanut butter on one for you? That'd be lovely, thank you. Um, and other variations like corn cakes or... I like a corn cake, yeah. I had some corn cakes yesterday, in fact. And I think they go very well with avocado. You can pretend you're Mexico. Oh, yeah. Well, I mainly just have peanut butter on everything. So, <laughs> um, I think smooth is a good choice for a rice cake because it's easier to spread, isn't it? Yes, that was my. And you've already got the texture. Yeah. So I'm I'm putting on. Would you call that a thin or a thick layer? I'd say that's thinish. Okay. I'd say that was a conservative layer, a sensible layer. Yeah, okay, good. Well, you have that one then. Thank you very much. Because you don't want to overdo it with peanut butter, do you? Because you want to be able to talk. Yes. Um, but it needs to be enough to to add a bit of moistness to uh, to the rice cake. Yeah, bit of flavour. I've also had rice cakes that have other things in them, like lentils and... Stuff like that. Gosh, that's pushing the boat out. I know. I think that's I've... when I have my fitness pal downloaded and it tells me I only have like two grams of fibre a day or something like that. Okay, so rice cake and peanut butter. It's nice, isn't it? Yep, salty, nutty. Mm. I mean, it's not a frazzle, but... It, feel, it's, it feels healthy, doesn't it? Mm. Or healthier. And I think this can double as a light lunch. Mm. If you had, say, three of them. Yep. With a tub of hummus as well. Yeah. A few cherry tomatoes. Mm. little cheese sandwich. So do you ever mix it up and put different combinations? Or is it usually just the peanut butter mm. you go with? I would sometimes do Marmite. Mm. Yeah. And I'd probably put more Marmite on than I have peanut butter, which would be a not conservative amount of Marmite. Almost to the point where it sort of has a little burn hmm. sensation on your mouth. Like a sort of, it's like a challenge hmm. and a snack at once. <laughs> I don't think you'd want to dip it in your tea though. No, you would not. Um, also cucumber. I like a bit of cucumber, probably not with peanut butter, marmite and cucumber, or soft cheese and cucumber. Mm, yes. Mm. Although, maybe not normal cheese and cucumber. I made the mistake when I was at school of saying to my mum, oh, I like those cheese and cucumber sandwiches you gave me in my lunch today, thank you very much. 
and ended up having them for about three years. <laughs> Every day. I was getting some stick last night from my children for their pat lunches. They seem to just hang on to like one idea. Like I think I maybe gave them sunflower seeds in their pat lunch once or like for a week or something. And in their mind, I all I gave them for their lunch for 10 years was sunflower seeds. Right, yeah, of course. Um, so I might be doing my mum a disservice there, mightn't I? Yeah. And also, like there's nothing more frustrating than trying to push the boat out with a packed lunch and then just having it rejected. So if you know that something works, you tend to stick to it. I okay. Think. Someone comes up to you and says, help, I don't know what to give my child in their lunches. Yeah. What, what would be your go-to? These are the elements you need. I'd say get them to make their own lunch. No. Um, so a sandwich or a wrap of some kind. Um, what did mine like in theirs? Ham. It's pretty standard, isn't it? Don't ever include a banana. Because then everything tastes of banana yep. and it's disgusting. Don't put cucumber in the sandwiches because that goes soggy and horrible. So a sandwich, maybe like a packet of crisps or something savoury, piece of fruit. And then like a little chocolate bar. Like I'm a pretty standard lunch person really. Do you know what I'm going to try with this? I'm going to put a frazzle oh, wow, yeah. on top. Peanut butter and bacon. Do you think that's going to be a thing? I think, yeah, you're sort of getting near to Elvis territory there, aren't you? He had his peanut and peanut butter and banana deep fried sandwiches. How is it? Hmm. I'm not sure. Flavour-wise, it's okay. Texture-wise, the frazzle and the rice cake competing is a bit much. Ah. And the rice cake's not really... Melty and frazzle mm. is. No. I don't think I helped anyone with that. Although I do find with rice cakes, if I eat a huge amount, they make my pea smell. Mm. Any other combinations? Because peanut butter and jam is quite a thing, isn't it? People, mm. mainly Americans. I don't really like the... sweet things on a rice cake. I prefer to stick to a savoury, I think. Um, could go a bit of taramasalata if you're feeling exotic. Oh, wow, yeah. My that... mum ate a lot of that in the 90s. A bit of cucumber on that might go down quite mm. nicely. Smoked salmon. A bit of cream cheese as mm. well. It's like a, a nicer bagel. Yeah, that would work. Probably a lot better calorific content than a bagel as well. I think mm. they're suspiciously high so where should we go next mm, for a lie down <laughs> um, let's do something sweet to balance that out what have we got on the sweet side let's save these yeah. she says pointing significantly to last I think that's probably the sweet okay. area to head for right so uh, what did you originally have as this element? So is this the peanut, raisin and chocolate chips? Yes. Yeah. So I had a bit of trouble getting these. Yeah. Um, that's what I got today, which which are uh, the Sainsbury's well, they're version. They're different, aren't they? 
They are. So we used to get these when I was little and they were the kind of things, you know, when like your parents had guests around for a dinner party. Yeah. And then they put little snacks out in a bowl to look posh. This was the kind of thing that my mum and dad would put in their little bowls. It's just plain peanuts, raisins, and they were chocolate chips, just basic chocolate chips. Um, and so to me, it's like, wow, special occasion for having a dinner party. Um, yeah. And as I say, I, I struggled a bit. So I also got mixed nuts and raisins with a separate um, bag of giant buttons. Oh, There's a Gray's uh, so dark options. chocolate cherry tart variant, which consists of uh, dark chocolate, cherries, pecans, and chili and flame raisins. Well, these look like they are what they used to be, but just with a chocolate button instead of a chocolate chip, which I, I can get down with. So what okay. I used to like to do with them when I was little was get a peanut and split it into two halves um, and then get a raisin. These are quite a plump raisin, aren't they? I seem yeah. to remember the raisins I had being a bit more shriveled up. And then I would sandwich the raisin between the two halves of the peanut. <laughs> so it looked like a tiny burger. Nice. Uh, and that was how we got our fun before the internet. <laughs> yeah. And would you be sort of banished to... Um... To the kitchen or something while the dinner party was going on or would oh, you just... I'd be upstairs and then we'd probably me and my sister sneak down and sit on the stairs um if we sensed that my mum and dad had had enough to drink we'd probably come down at pudding and be given something in a little bowl mm. so would you have these as a piecemeal stairway offering at the start of the night or... yeah i'd probably be like under the guise of helping to tidy up or something. I'd probably be putting out those snacks in the bowl and eating them at the same time. Nice. It's a good combination there, isn't it? Mm. Yep. You've got the saltiness of the peanut and the crunch, the squidginess of the raisin and the chocolate. Yeah, it's good. It makes me think of the smell of polish. I think my mum would probably have to like squirt a bit of polish around before people got there to make it smell like she'd been cleaning. Yeah. Mm. I'm not, not sure that's the right kind of chocolate, is it? Like, the mm. chocolate in these ones doesn't feel like the one from days of your... I think the trouble is the chocolate buttons are bigger than the chocolate chips. And so it messes with the proportions. I think you only need a little tiny taste of the chocolate. Yeah. And so the chocolate button's a bit much. And also it's meltier, I think, than the chocolate that you used to get in those bags. Mm. Didn't it be, didn't it, did it used to be like a harder, darker sort of triangular? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, just like a little chip, like a drop. But in the interest of science, I think mm. we should also try this one. It's a Reese's snack mix. Okay, science is important. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cup minis, uh, Reese's Candy, pretzels, and peanuts. Okay. So we've got all of the elements there, plus it ties into our peanut butter. Oh my goodness. Um, this is kind of colourful as well. Hook out some... There it is. Oh my goodness. Okay. There. So you can't go wrong with pretzel, can you? Or is you that can too get chocolate covered pretzels. 
Mm. They're a favourite of Belle's. The white or the dark or the milk? Milk, she likes. Mm. That is pretty good. It's a step up, isn't it? Mm, but again, there's a big chocolate ratio. Mm. Although it's peanut buttery chocolate, so I can forgive that. But then it's saltier as well because of the pretzels. It's basically more extreme. Mm. It's like a modern extreme version. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. quite like it although I don't think see with the original ones you can see that there's an element of wholesomeness about it with yeah with the plain peanuts and the raisins with this you can't kid yourself can you it's no. basically like smarties and pretzels and peanut butter cups it's just filth isn't it mm. nice filth Yeah, that's pretty good. I've now ruined the sweetness though with the pretzels. So we went for a sweet option and that's true. Ended on savoury. But I've already noticed that I'm picking all the sweet ones near the beginning. Well, I don't think you have as many sweet ones as you thought you had. No, I don't. I have, have I? It's okay. We can come back to these Reese's things. <laughs> <laughs> so where should we go next? Mm. Let's go. Let's go with the leftover takeaway. Nice. Yeah. So is it is it the same takeaway each time in terms of snack that you would want or is it No, I, I can take any. So Belle's favorite takeaway is pizza. So quite often it's just a slice of pizza for breakfast. But last night I got Indian um, so this is, I'm trying to remember what I got and get rid of the peanut butter now. Um, <laughs> I got, this is potato and cauliflower. I've got some kima naan. Nice. And I've got this lamb dish, which I was disappointed with, to be honest, oh. but maybe the lamb will have improved overnight. Normally I get chicken. And so I don't know what I was thinking. I was just being wacky. And I've got butter lamb. I'm not very good with spicy, so it's all quite mild. But the lamb just was a bit iffy. So I don't, do. You, is there a, uh, a bowl down there? Oh, and my favorite bit is the mint dip that you get with the poppadoms. Oh, well, yeah. And I do have some leftover poppadoms, but they don't really keep so no, well. They go a bit soft, don't they? So what yeah. do you do with the mint dip? Do you pour it on top I of things I just pour or... it on everything yeah, yeah. actually that, that's perfect for the lamb isn't it so are you happy just to have a bit of everything oh lovely thanks okay uh, I don't ever heat it up no just cold um, but I think it's nice the flavours develop um, my favourite is mutter paneer which is the cheesy peas but last night, because it was only me getting it, I went rather stingily for the takeaway with the lowest minimum order value, who didn't sell cheesy peas. So that was a bit disappointing. Ordinarily, would you over order and 
have like to deliberately got stuff left for the morning? Well, not necessarily deliberately, but I always find there's more takeaway than you need. Like if you just, even if you just get one main, that's like, and some bread. Um, I always find I've got some left over. Yeah. I do have some Chinese takeaway in the freezer because I've heard that you can just freeze things. Oh, wow. Never done it before and Thank I'm you. too scared to defrost it as of yet. Yeah. What meat is it? Uh, prawns. Do you want some minty sauce on it? I, f I feel that would be rude not to okay. if you've listed it as an important ingredient. Thank you. It's Lovely. my best bit. So apologies for the lamb. Well, the, the downside of this is it's it's a small meal rather than a snack, isn't it? Well, is it though? Or is it just oh, a big delicious. snack? Do you want some bread? I'd love some bread, thank you. I'm going to have to take my headphones off then as well. <laughs> Cover them. There you go. You can have all that if you oh, want because I've already eaten some today. I need to pace myself. I mean, it's pretty good. Thank you. I love keema naan. I think anything extra, like even stuffed crust pizza, like a little bit of extra stuff in your food mm. can never be a bad thing. Mm. That's so good. I'm quite new to keema naan. I'm normally more of a plain naan kind of person. Mm. And then I've started experimenting. And controversially now, I don't ever order rice. No. It's too filling, isn't it? Hmm. So I just go with bread instead. And I love the poppadom bit, so I'm normally full by the time I've eaten the poppadoms. But I find that's a trick at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Avoid all the ricey things and mm. stick to the meat. Get all the expensive stuff in. Yeah, go straight for the prawns. Love a prawn. So what's your prawn to chicken order ratio if you say you don't often get lamb? No. Um, so I probably go prawns if I'm doing a Chinese and chicken if I'm doing Indian. And what Chinese is your go-to if you've got um, one? I quite like... Um, is a The one I think I've got in the freezer is prawns with garlic. Which, that might be it. I, I like water chestnuts. Oh, nice, yeah. And bamboo shoots. Uh, I also like a bit of what's called crab and sweet corn soup, but it's really just those like pink fish sticks chopped up. I like that. I'm surprised they're still allowed to call it that. I know. Because there's no crab in them, is there? No. I think they legally have to call them seafood sticks in mm. supermarkets and things now, don't they? That's definitely what they are. Mm, that's lovely lamb. Is it okay? Mm. There's one more bit in there. I want the last bit of lamb. No. Thank you. I need You're to pace full. myself for the rest of it. <laughs> I've got to go from, to my mum's for dinner later. Oh no. I know. She's so going to tell you off. <laughs> Sorry, mum. I ate ten snacks before I came. <laughs> she won't believe you. She'll think it's too specific a number. Mm. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm not very hungry. I had some leftover Indian and some peanuts and raisins and chocolate and some frazzles and some rice cake with peanut butter. Stop exaggerating, Joe, she'll <laughs> say. Just eat your dinner. 
I particularly like the leftover potatoes. Hmm. I'll quite often get a sagaloo as well in an Indian. You said you're not not good with spice, but are there any other things you wouldn't go for? Mm. I don't really like things with bones in them. So like I wouldn't ever get ribs. Yeah. But um that I don't think so really. Even a chicken wing can be a bit much effort, can't it? Yeah, for like what you get off it. Mm. Bit of a waste, I'd say. Oh, I really hate um, crackling or pork scratchings. Oh, really? Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Despite the frazzles. Mmm. Thing with pork scratchings, you never know what you're going to get. Some of them are quite sort of almost frazzle-like to the point where you think this isn't real pork scratching and some could be quite weirdly soft. No, they're disgusting. Whereas I'd happily eat black pudding, kidney, liver, like all that kind of stuff. But no, something about pork scratching. And what's the most out there thing you've eaten? I accidentally ate quite a lot of chicken bones in Vietnam. I didn't really appreciate that they just chop up an entire chicken. Um, and so my first night there, we were presented with this meal and we were told, oh, that's chicken. So I thought, great. And I put some in my mouth and it was just like a whole chicken chopped up. So everything's still in it, like all the bones and everything. Um, I had to excuse myself and pretend I needed to go to the toilet and then spit it all out of my hand. So that was, that was fun. Um, so I probably ate quite a few weird things there without w- realising it. So what were you supposed to do with it? I've no idea. I don't know whether people do eat all of it or whether you're meant to just like pick around it. I can't remember. Um, I must have looked. I must have watched other people. I can't remember. But you wouldn't just want a mouthful of bones. Yeah, that would be great. No. Um. I had some really nice things in Ethiopia. They, it's all like injera, I think it's called, isn't it? And they make these big, flat, like uh, sort of pancake type things, and then they use that to like eat big blobs of other yummy things that they put on top. That was and really nice. Is that an eat with your hands type? Of yeah. Way? So that's like a everybody sharing, and yeah, and I really like eating with my hands. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I. I um, I ate beans on toast with my hands yesterday just to see if I could. <laughs> yeah, I think the trick is to get a bit of sag in the middle of the toast. Yeah. So the... Yeah, I, I, I started well and then I ended up with too many beans. So I just had to eat the beans loose with my oh. fingers, which as I was doing it, I thought, well, this is why you're single, isn't it? You can't just eat beans with your hands. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. You get like more of a sensory experience. I think... As a tip for the future, mm. uh, try to keep two little corners of the bread and then you use them as like... Um, sort of like chopsticks. Yeah. Yeah, I should have done. Yeah, you just and then you can scoop up the juice yeah. as well. Rookie, that's what that was. Yeah, you've just gone too far with the bread too quick, with the toast too quick. Yeah. I think partly it was because I didn't really set out to eat it with my hands. It's that I sat down and started eating it and then realised I'd not got any cutlery and was too lazy to get up. So then I thought, well, I'll just go with it and then I'd eaten too much toast already. Um, 
I think also the, the thickness of the toast and how brittle it is come into play as well. I think you need quite mm. a soggy, thin toast. Yeah, but this was chunky, mm. so it's more difficult to fold. Yeah, I would oh, yeah. Say. And quite, quite brittle. Um, no, it wasn't too bad because there's quite a lot of bean juice soaked into it by this time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's fun eating with your hands. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I just order hamburger off menu because I don't want to use cutlery. <laughs> you quite easily get away with eating burger and chips with your hands, can't yeah. you? So if you went somewhere like Pizza Express, yeah. oh. would you use a knife and fork? See, this this is why people don't want to go to Pizza Express with me anymore. <laughs> if I'm feeling like I should um, be a bit more normal because I'm with people... <laughs> I'll chop the pizza in half, yeah. roll it up and eat it. Right. If I'm not so bothered about... Uh, like roll the entire half, so you've got like a pizza Swiss roll. Yeah. And if, if the people that I'm with know me quite well or I'm not yeah. too bothered about what they think of me, I'll just roll the whole thing up. <laughs> it's, you know, so you don't make much of a concession, really, then, do you? Uh, you just cut it in half. Yeah, but it looks less... Uh, <laughs> Stupid to just have half rather so than. Is that other. generally how you eat a pizza then? Um, no, if I'm eating a pizza, I've made at home. Yeah. I'll lift up the plate with the pizza intact on it and just sort of just slide it curl, into your mouth. Curl corner up a bit, yeah, and just <laughs> eat it a bite at a time. So, oh, <laughs> this, yeah. See, I would eat a pizza, a pizza express pizza with my hands. Like I'd cut it into slices and pick up a slice, yeah. and even that feels a bit outrageous but i've never tried rolling a pizza i mean i guess in pizza express that would work well because the bases are really thin aren't they yeah and it's quite practical because all of the greasy stuff just falls out and most of the topping stays in Mm, i can i can see it i mean i might not try it (laughs) (laughs) but then i might it it could change your life (laughs) revolutionize my trips to pizza express if nothing else, it could be a tactic for getting rid of suitors that you don't like. <laughs> Just sort of all my dates in Pizza Express yeah. from now on. Well, well, no, It'd be maybe, a test. Maybe use it for th- second Roll. or third date. When I don't normally get that far. When you're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, on your bl- uh, was it on your blog that I saw you had um, a, a desperation to make a certain pizza that you'd invented. Oh, the ham and cucumber pizza. Yes. Yeah. I was pleased with that, but that got a lot of stick on Twitter. So how long how long had you been conceiving this? And For quite a long time I've been thinking about it. Because like, I think I wrote in the blog post, I just had it on the bottom of lists for ages. So I write, like, normally write a list every day of what I want to do. And then stuff that I haven't done from the day before, I transfer so just being like writing ham and cucumber pizza on the bottom list for ages because I love ham and cucumber as a sandwich combination and a pizza is basically a sandwich isn't it yeah but hot or rolled in your case (laughs) um and so I thought why not like ham and pineapple is a great pizza although that is a controversial one as well isn't it I mean yeah I'm not I eat anything but People I mean, can get sniffy about ham and pineapple. I'm the next one I'm going to make is going to have peach slices on, which mm. I think will be good. What meat will you have for that? I think it's going to be vegetarian. I'm thinking like a goat's cheese 
peach slices. Yeah. Maybe some red onion chutney. I think maybe something salty as well. Although goat cheese goat is quite, quite salty. Yeah. Maybe some figs. Hmm. Don't know. Not really thought that one through as much. Ham and cucumber, though, I've wanted to do for ages. You said it got a bit of a Twitter. Yeah, everyone was like, no, this is outrageous. I don't think some people understood that I put the cucumber on after I'd cooked it. But there was a picture. You could see that it right? I thought turned it was into obvious. a courgette. <laughs> yeah, but not everyone's that bright, are they? Um, yeah, people... I, I mean, I couldn't understand for a start that some people just don't like cucumber. What's not to like about cucumber... Even my dog that doesn't like vegetables eats cucumber. Right? Cucumber is the thing that you can get kids to eat if they won't eat anything else. Yeah. It's just cucumber. Have some cucumber on the side. Yeah. So the trick with it, which I'm sensing you would be okay with, is to eat it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might not work with the roll. The cucumber might get too warm inside. It might do. Because did, did it stay sort of quite cool and fresh on the top? or? I think... It was fine to start with. By the time I got to the end, it was a bit, getting a bit on the limp side. Right. So you might be better to have it on the side and then just add it as you went. Mm. Could be an option. Um, but definitely at the last minute to keep the crispness. Because um, quite often in the past, when I've had a normal pizza and I've been trying to get the kids to eat vegetables and we've had some cucumber on the side... Then I would just put a slice of cucumber on the pizza before I ate it, like I did with the frazzle and the rice cake. Yeah. And that works well, because it's like a chunkier slice. So it holds its own. And that, that's good. So it's just like that, really. Hmm. A flavour combination I've been trying to push on people for ages, that you could try on a pizza, and I think it would work well, uh, is chorizo, or chorizo, however you okay. care to say it, uh, with mango. That's a real nice sort of smoky. Well, you've picked sweet. two foods there that are two of my least favourite foods. Oh no! I I like pretty much all fruit, but there's something about mango is not keen. Oh, what what about the mango? Is it the fibrous or the perfumey? I'm not sure what it is. I think it must be a textury thing. And chorizo slash chorizo. Um, it's fine, but it's not my like go-to meat. Right. So it probably wouldn't be my favourite pizza. So, favourite sausage? I'm not sure I've ever considered that as a question. <laughs> <laughs> I just like a, like a normal sausage, really. Mm. Or battered from a chip shop. So that was the sixth, the sixth thing. Okay. Uh, number five on the list was takeaway. Where should we go next? Let's go with the what sits. Right. Just for something a bit lighter. Yeah. Got two different types of crisps, haven't I? And I always think I don't really like crisps, but clearly I do. Although, uh, Frazzles and Watsits are both corn, oh, corn yeah. snacks and corn puffs, according to the packets. So I don't like crisps, I just like corn-based snacks. Yeah. And again, it's quite a melty one, yeah. Watsit, isn't it? You can just stick it in your mouth and let your saliva do the rest without having to chew it, even. Just the perfect lazy crisp. Hmm. And again, like you said about the tangy toms, it just mm. melts away. Such an underrated crisp, I think. And again. also very good for dipping. Yeah. And things. I like how you've got the residue left on your fingers at the end for that 
mm-hmm. concentrated hit of the cheesiness. I nearly went with hula hoops. And I used to do a really disgusting thing with hula hoops when I was little. I'd eat some hula hoops until they were all squidgy in my mouth. And then I'd get the squidgy hula hoop and I'd put it inside another hula hoop. Wow. <laughs> so it was a crunchy hula hoop outside with a pre-chewed sensor. And then I would re-eat it. And did it work with any specific flavours or any old flavour would just, do? I uh, just, any flavour. I'm more of a ready salted hula hoop person. Mm. Um, yeah. Honestly, it becomes more and more of a mystery to me why I'm single when I tell good stories like that. I think we've all got stories like that. <laughs> I'm struggling to remember one similar. Although we do have a story about what's it's because mm. Golden Wonder have been bought out as well. So every, everyone just seems to be owned by Walkers and or Pepsi. Oh, yeah, Walkers. Um, Who even knew? And when Walkers took over, they... I think it was around the same time. They axed the barbecue beef and the prawn cocktail uh, what's-its. So now it's just the cheesy ones, which are really cheesy, apparently, instead of cheesy. I mean, they taste the same. But there are rumours of Halloween flaming hot what's-its that are more like zombie fingers. I don't remember seeing them, though. I don't miss the prawn cocktail, but I miss the beef flavour ones. Hmm. Is that your favourite monster munch? Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. People who say pickled onion are just crazy loons. Or masochists. Mm. They're proper like party food as well, aren't they? Yeah. It's like being at a children's party. Not that particularly ever want to be at a children's party, but... Do you have vivid memories of buying for children's parties? Mm-hmm. Big bowls of these and pink wafer biscuits and party rings. Party rings and always egg sandwiches cut into triangles. With cress? No. And mayonnaise egg mayonnaise or just egg? Mm. Egg mayonnaise. Mmm. And cheese and pineapple on sticks. That's a good snack. Yeah, that's a classic. You should try cheese and mango on stick. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the way that might be the way to get in I tried to impress a boy once with cheese and pineapple on sticks um, well he wasn't a boy he was about 30 uh, and we were going out for something I can't remember why like a just a sort of day long night out and he'd said that he really liked cheese and pineapple on sticks so I made some with fresh pineapple oh, wow. and took them along in a little Tupperware yeah. Did they go down well? Yeah, I did. Mm. Have you seen those mix-up bags? of um, The walkers mix up and they chuck in... Oh, I think I've written it down somewhere. Oh, I can't remember. They're like French fries and Monster Munch and mm. Quavers and Watts. It's all in the same packet. Mm. Oh, so it's a tricky one though, isn't it? Because there's always one type that no one likes. Mm. And then you're just left with them. Like, I'm always left with salt and vinegar things. Or no one will eat them. I think, really, if you know what you're like, you're better just getting six packets of Watsits. Yeah, but they do different flavours of the mix-ups. So you mm. get the cheesy or spicy or meaty. Mm. 
Okay. Okay, I'm listening. So you could get, well, not meaty Watsits anymore. Well, apparently in these mix-ups, the bag is meaty flavour. Yeah. So presumably, hmm. your Watsit would be, oh, there's there's another missed opportunity. I should have got some of those, shouldn't I, to try? Mm. Now it's just a hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> And um, the, the fact about what's it's that I always remember. It's really boring. I'm sure everyone knows it, but I remember being impressed at the time. Is that the orange colour looks so artificial, doesn't it? Mm. And you think that it must be something really grim, but it's just paprika. Oh, no, mm. I didn't know that fact. Mm. That's fascinating. I suppose that's what sets them apart from the Cheeto. Because Walkers now own Cheetos and Watsits, which they? are both very similar, aren't they? Mm. But I think the Cheeto is crunchier. It's knobblier, isn't it? Mm. I had a lot of Cheetos when I was pregnant the second time, so I had a real cheese craving. So I used to get, like, in the office at lunchtime, I'd get a jacket potato and cheese and then a bag of Cheetos and just anything cheese-flavoured I could find. What are the craziest cravings that you've had during your pregnancies? Oh, nothing outrageous, really. First time round, I ate a lot of dried Wheatos, chocolate cereal, and a lot of lemon-flavoured things, mm. like lemonade and lemon jelly. Are you not normally into lemon? I mean, I like lemon as much as the next person, but I wouldn't go out of my way to make a lemon jelly. Mm. Um, I mean, second time round, it was just cheese-flavoured things. But I'm not actually like a massive cheese eater um but that kind of turned me around cheese wise mm, so what could possibly be next on the yeah. list well how smoothly we segued into that perfect mm. so next on the list is cheese or specifically cheese standing at the fridge so you're in the kitchen it's maybe 4pm. You're starting to think about what to have for dinner. You go to the fridge. You should have a look. While you're standing there, you happen upon a chunk of cheese. And so just to help the thought process, you just break a little bit off and have a nibble. It works the same with packet ham. Yeah. Just a little wadge of ham. A little roll of ham out of the packet. Um little slice of leftover pizza it's just to help with the thinking for dinner mm. and the planning and it doesn't count because you're standing up right and at the fridge yeah works the same with wine just a little swig while you're looking gets the thought process going yeah. i think you're more disciplined than i am because although we've already established that i'm a complete slob with my pizza eating um i don't think i'd break it off i'd just you just munch into I it, wouldn't you? Like the corner. You just pick up the whole brie. Yeah. <laughs> Roll it up and put it in your mouth. So, is there a preference as to which cheese is best uh, to help get the dinner thought process going? Well, I don't actually buy a lot of cheese normally. So, when I have like a cheese for nibbling, it's probably either a blue cheese or like something really like melty and smelly but i don't get that too often because then Belle complains that it makes the whole fridge smell right 
But I wouldn't just like break off a corner of cheddar. It'd be outrageous. Is that because it's not as breakable? It's just kind of boring, isn't it? Well, 55% of the 98% of people that have cheese in their fridge in this country yeah. have uh, cheddar. Yeah, I have cheddar in the fridge for cooking mm, right. purposes. I'm um, with you, yes. But for, for a nibble For creative something. menu planning. Let's see what we've got in this classic cheese selection. A brie, mould, ripened, full-fat, soft cheese, mature cheddar cheese, red Leicester cheese, Wensleydale cheese with sweetened dried cranberries, and blue Stilton. Now, of course, I'm not being very classy eating it straight from the fridge because you should take it out, really, shouldn't you? Yes. And let it... Luckily, that's been in my boot for three hours. Oh, perfect. Do you have a favourite cheese? Um... Oh, it's all context. Um, actually, no, I do. I saw a friend in Belgium recently, and mm -hmm. they make cheese um, using their fabulous beers. So there, there are a couple that I had. One was Lef, um Belgian beer-made cheese. Yeah. One was Chimay. Um, and they were both fabulous because they tasted like cheese and a bit like beer. Ah. The one that I like that they've start that they do in this new wine and cheese place that's opened in Taunton. Oh, I don't know how you say the name. It's French and it's called something like Epouse or Ep something beginning with E. Can't help you there. Sorry, that, that sounds really... good though. Just say it in a French accent. Yeah, Epouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really strong and really soft. They serve it on a spoon because it's gooey. And it tastes, you know when you go to a farm and you get that like smell of silage? Yeah. Tastes like that. Oh. And you eat it and you're not sure to start with whether you really like it or whether it's disgusting. But also you can't stop eating it. Ah, it's unpasteurised. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. And I, and then when I mentioned it to my sister, she said she thought that one was like rolled in brandy or something. But it's really good. Okay, let's go with the brie. Yeah. I'm down with that. Okay. So if you're um, going to put that cheese that you already mentioned on a cheese board, what are the four cheeses we'd want on there to complement it? Um, I like a manchego. Mm. I'll have something blue. Something borrowed. <laughs> um, so yeah, a bit of Stilton would be fine. Or a bit of Sanagur. Yeah, nice, creamy, blue. Yeah. Um, then there's another French cheese. It's called something like Conte. What sort of style is it? I'd say that's kind of like similar texture to the Manchego. That's quite nice. I don't know. I'm talking about it, so I know, but I don't really. Um, all right, so I'm at the fridge. Yeah. Got the brie. Just going to just break a bit of that off for a nibble. Yeah, just, just like that. Just, just while easy. I'm considering what to put in the fridge pasta. Hmm. We'll just have a little eat of that cheese. Do you ever stand there for quite a while, thank you, thinking, as he breaks his bit off, thinking, um, oh, just break off from a bit of cheese for the, oh, I'm thinking what to put in the fridge pasta. Oh, if only I had more cheese to put <laughs> in the fridge pasta. Yeah, and then you've eaten so much cheese, you're not even hungry, so you don't have to cook the fridge pasta. Hmm. Kind of tastes minty, or is that me? Does that taste minty? Or am I having a stroke? You might be having a stroke, sorry. 
feel really refreshed. <laughs> it's just me, isn't it? I think so, sorry. Oh, oh well. I like teaming certain cheeses with certain crackers. I think the Stilton goes really well with the Hovis biscuit that you sometimes get in cracker mm. selections. That would probably be my least favourite from a cracker selection because it's so substantial, isn't it? Mm. I like the really, like the water biscuit ones. Any cheese in particular on that? With just something like a brie because the cheese is quite mild and the biscuit's quite plain. Um, for something a bit stronger, I might go with more like a, a saltier cracker or like something with a flavour like rosemary or something mm. like that in it. The cheese or the cracker? The cracker. So, two left. Okay. Right. So, number two. I'm going to go with the bread and butter. Is there anything better than, like, fresh bread and proper butter? No, I no. don't think so. I was, I was smelling that bread the whole drive here. And yeah. I was just... My senses were just, like, going nuts at how selfish I was being, letting them smell but not eat the bread. Oh, this now this is a this is a thing. You've bought unsalted butter. Have I failed? <gasps> I mean, it's fine. I'll I'll take me back to being on the French exchange when I was twelve and I had unsalted butter for the first time and I didn't know what was going on. Oh, I feel terrible now. It's good. I can do either. It's just a different experience. So in an ideal world, salted butter, white bread. Yeah, the bread is good. It's a good choice. Got my knife. Got my breadboard. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, I can smell it already. So good. What also goes nice with fresh bread and butter um, in a sandwich is cold home baked beans. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not so convinced on that one. No? Doesn't the sauce get a bit congealy? Well, the secret really is to have not too much sauce because you don't want to make a complete mess. But if you kind of spoon them out so you've got more... Um, oh, peanut butter. If you spoon them out so you've got... Just cleaning my knife on the <laughs> naan. <laughs> I think that's perfectly acceptable. Um, make it a satay kima naan. Yeah. That's clean now. I didn't lick the knife, so that's good. What's I saying? Oh, yeah, baked beans. So if you just spoon them out so you get, like, more bean and less juice, then don't make too much of a mess. Yeah. Actually, I think the thing with any hot food that you eat cold is the initial shock, isn't it? Thank you. Once you're over the, oh, this thing that I normally have warm is cold, and... You adjust to that. I think it's fine, isn't it? I quite like things cold. Hmm. We went camping at the weekend and we took some like tins of beans and spaghetti. And then I just had a tin of spaghetti out of the tin one morning for my breakfast. I don't mind it. That's delicious. So simple as well. Yeah, that's the thing. It's simple. Uh, and very easy when you're making some sandwiches just to cut an extra slice just to eat while you're thinking about it. Is it too much of a letdown without the salted butter? If I'd bitten into it not knowing, 
it would have been. But I was able to mentally prepare myself. <laughs> and I do like unsalted butter. It's just a different experience. Actually, I've been in restaurants that give you bread and butter and salt separately. Mm. And that's quite quite nice sticking it on yourself. Feel like you're contributing. My mum would love that. She loves salt. She puts salt on everything. Like just give her some salad and she just pours salt all over it. And are you into dipping into oils and balsamic vinegar and things? Mm. Yep, I could do that. Um I like a bit of balsamic vinegar. Oh, it's just so good, isn't it? Hmm. Especially so fresh. Mm. Although ideally you'd get it while it's still warm. I do like those rolls that you can buy and then put in the oven to finish off. Mm. They're nice. And again, you feel like you've contributed to the mm. process. You've basically made your own bread there. Mm. Have you ever tried making your own real bread? Mm. Yeah, I've made quite a lot of bread. Any particular styles that you're quite fond of? I'm not that great at it because... Um, I don't really enjoy the kneading. Mm. It's a bit boring, so I never really do it enough. So it never quite is enough. It's bready enough. I, I had a bread maker for a few years, um, but you have to eat it all so quickly, don't you? Yeah. When you make it yourself. Not that's a bad thing necessarily. So you make biscuits, you make bread. Um, if you were going on Bake Off, mm. what would you be keeping your fingers crossed for the thing to be? Mm. in your first week not a big cake what am I good at I could do something like a brownie um, with courgette I have never made those I don't like to risk it because courgette is Belle's least favourite food in the whole world and properly makes her gag and I just feel like she'd notice and hate me forever oh no because your character in playgroups and proseccos mm. didn't make it either did they, they said oh they, yeah they, she sorry. was always looking for inspirational courgette recipes wasn't she there was a there was a trick at the end and they thought they were testing to see whether a brownie uh, had courgette yes. in and it hadn't ah uh, the hilarity um yeah so i don't know i'm um not great at pastry yeah and bread i'm not brilliant at I'd have a bash hmm. at most things. So Marks and Spencer's phone you up. Say, so, uh, need you to start work tomorrow, but you have to bring with you a recipe for a new gourmet sandwich range that we're going to start. What um, what would what what would you take in with you on your first day? Ooh, a gourmet sandwich. Well, hmm, what I might do. It's just to, like, really good quality versions of classic sandwiches. So you know how, like, if you get a ham sandwich in a supermarket, it's really crappy ham. Mm. I might say, like, ham and cucumber, best ever sandwich combination. But I'm going to use, like, fresh white bread like that, real butter, like a really good quality ham, and then... Organic cucumber. I can always taste the difference in organic cucumber, can't you? Or maybe we get it like 
from a local farmer who's like famous throughout the country for his homegrown cucumbers. And then you just have this like really elite sandwich range of like basic stuff, but really good ingredients. Would you go ham hock or gammon or? Yeah, like a yeah, good ham hock. That would be fine. Yeah. Any sort of condiment element? No, not in a ham cucumber sandwich. Don't need anything. Mm, a bit of whole grain mustard. Oh no. Apple no. sauce. No, don't ruin it. Just pick a lily. Good butter. No. And then it's like taking you back to a simpler time. Marks and Spencer's will love that. It can be all part of their like retro, yeah thing. Can go for a bit of like vintage packaging. Maybe it could be just wrapped up in some cellophane <laughs> with a sticker on it, a little yeah. handwritten sticker. Yeah. A little note from your mum mm. in outside everyone. Be good at school, love you like that. Yeah, that could be the mark. You've got the job. Thanks. Start and bring. 12 more recipes with you, please, in the morning. Okay. I'm on it. That'd be a fun job, wouldn't it? I think it would. I'd love to design food elements, any food. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd enjoy that. Yeah. I know I'd enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> okay. Before we come to your number one final item on the list. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. You're on death row. You've got... <laughs> Your death row meal. Yeah. Uh, but the chef's gone home early. So it's just going to have to be snacks. Okay. What what snacks will you demand? Can I have as many as I want? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, based on our experiments today, um, I'm definitely having some bread and butter. I'm probably going to have some leftover curry on the side with the bread and butter to, like, mop it up. Maybe some frazzles just to pick up the big chunks of nice. potato. Um, and then I'm going to have the food that's coming up in my number one spot for pudding. That's it? That would be your death row? Yeah, I think you can overdo it if you mix in too many things. I think I'd want to overdo it. If they're about to shoot me or hang me or whatever, I'd want to make as much mess as possible. But I don't, I don't know if you would appreciate the individual items if you've got too much once. No? You're not, you don't look convinced. I'm thinking it through. I'm thinking it through. Like, like if you've got all this, like the, all these things are really good on their own. But if you've suddenly got a pile of Indian takeaway and some brie and a load of watsits and stuff, it's all going to, it's going to all clash, isn't it? You just want to pick out a few things that go well together, I think, and make it into a little meal. Yeah. I could see that side. I think I would just be more. You'd just be like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, I would just, just want to. Just pushing it in. Yeah. <laughs> You're all going to have to carry just this. Just like tipping the body. Reese's snack mix back into your mouth as they take you out to the guillotine. Yeah, drinking it. And, and also <laughs> making the whole process take longer. So I've just got those extra few minutes. Oh, or do you not just want to get it over with? Nah. Because it's not going to be a fun few minutes, are they? I don't know. Well, you've got to be. You've got to drag it out so that the last minute pardon coming through mm, that's um, true. arrives in time. That's or true. the rescue party. True, true. Ready for Blackadder to like swoop in. That is exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking Rick Mao's Lord Flashart. Yeah. Amazing that we're on the same page there. 
could you read my mind or is it just one of the best because i think they must have had a rescue mustn't they if we're both thinking of it a last minute reprieve. yeah there's um there's there's an episode where blackadder is going to be he's going to be executed he's going to be executed yeah. and then he keeps stalling doesn't he for some reason hmm. but i can't remember any more than that but there definitely is that was what was coming to mind yeah because i was thinking rick Mel, lord flash up swooping in yeah. Although I might be getting a, I think I'm getting episodes confused because he would have been, oh no, it's, it was Blackadder Goes Forth, maybe. But, but there was another one as well where he was pretending to be somebody else and he had a bag on his head. That was an execution. Yeah. Wasn't it? Didn't he like take somebody's place hoping that he'd get let off and then he would inherit their fortune? Yeah. And that probably... The, that might have been... Queen Elizabeth's era. Yeah. Moving on. So. What great content we're producing. <laughs> yeah. It's unrivaled at the bottom. Um, so, Joe Middleton, your top 10 snacks so far. Yes. Are number 10, banana bread. Number 9, frazzles. Number 8, rich tea with a cup of tea. Number 7, rice cakes with peanut butter. Number 6, raisins, peanuts and chocolate chips all in the same bag. Number 5, a takeaway. Any variety. Um, leftover leftover yeah. sorry I, I need to include the most vital element there don't <laughs> I number four what's it's number three cheese broken off at the fridge while you're yeah. pondering what to eat number two bread and butter and number one the most ultimate snack Jaffa cakes Jaffa cakes yes what is the pull of Jaffa cakes in your <sighs> there's so much to love about a Jaffa cake because it's got several key elements to start with so it's not just like one flavour, like a what's it. So, and you can eat it in different ways to make the experience different every time. So you can nibble around the edge. So my preferred method is to nibble all around the edge to get left with like the three layer circle. Then you can go one of two ways. You can either eat the chocolate off the top first, or if you want to be a bit more like handsy with it, you can eat the sponge and just leave the chocolate and the jelly like balancing on a finger. And then if you've just got sponge and jelly left, you can just let it kind of dissolve on the roof of your mouth, the sponge next to your tongue until you're left with just the jelly. There's just so much love about it. Yeah. I think I'm going to chip the chocolate off the top so you're left with an egg. Yeah. And then peel off the jelly dissolve the sponge yeah jelly in dissolve jelly okay i think that's my preferred but most of the time i'll just stick it in and let it dissolve all as one okay less effort so you bought mcvitties which is good that's the classic jaffa cake yes i would also challenge you to try a marks and spencer's jaffa cake Are those the rectangular ones yes and the jelly goes right up to the edge yeah and the sponge is really good for the purposes of the chart, I would pick McVitie's. But for a treat, maybe something a bit different. Yeah. Try Marks and Spencer's. Okay. Now, McVitie's fell down after they'd invented the Jaffa cake because they didn't trademark it. Thank you <gasps> very much. So ah. anyone can call a Jaffa cake a Jaffa cake, although McVitie's invented it and had the original. Now, I've heard this rumour that... It's one of those things where, like, everybody thinks they invented the Jaffa cake. So I've heard from 
two people separately that their granddad was the person who came up with the Jaffa cake, mm. and they're unrelated. Well, it's invented in 1927, apparently, so I can't take credit for it. No, me neither. And have you had the pleasure of trying any of the other flavours? I think I've tried all three of these, whether there were more, I don't know, but a blackcurrant, a strawberry, and a lemon and lime, which mm-hmm. is my favourite one ever. I've tried them all, obviously. Mm. Marks and Spencers also then do their own flavours. So... Last weekend, I think, I had a, it was a peach and passion fruit flavour. What? I, it was a tropical taste sensation. Um, they do, they sometimes do a cherry, I think. Oh yeah, that rings a bell. And if you go to Europe, they do all kinds of knockoff flavour Jaffa cakes. Um, McVitie's or other brands? Other brands. Hmm. Now, the thing I think with Jaffa Cakes, unlike the Rich Tea Finger, if you don't get McVitie's, you can taste the difference. Yes. Like the sponge, particularly, is kind of pale and like an actual sponge from yeah. the bathroom. I'm just, my mind is blown by the extra Marks and Spencers flavours. What, mm. what size Marks and Spencers do you find these in? This was in the one in Bristol in Cribs Causeway. But I'm going to say you could get them anywhere. Well, that's where I'm going next. Um, what I have noticed about Jaffa Cakes, like most things in life, is they've started getting smaller packet size. Because they used to get 12 in a packet. Oh, yeah. You only get 10 now. And that's quite a significant drop. Yeah. But it's kind of probably good for me because I could eat a whole packet. Easily. So easily. And I think they're actually really good value calories-wise. Without looking, I think they're 45 calories each, which is not much for the amount of pleasure that you get out of that, really, is it? When you think that's like, you could have two of those for the same as a chocolate hobnob. Wow, that's a real big difference. Yeah. And especially if you're breaking it down and dragging out the process by eating it in in different ways. Yeah. Um, Another popular method I've heard is the whole like half moon, crescent moon Total eclipse, like the advert. Yeah, but I think it's over too quickly then. Yeah, see, I just chewed my way through that one because I was worried that we'll have another one and try a different method. Because I need to talk. (laughs) Um, Well, you enjoyed that. Here's a here's a fact. So a YouGov poll uh, done at the end of last year uh, had their top five biscuits, and this is the government doing this. A YouGov poll doing this. Number one, uh, McVitie's Milk Chocolate Digestive, followed by a Cadbury's Milk Chocolate Digestive, followed by a Cadbury's Fingers, followed by Jaffa Cakes, followed by McVitie's Original Digestives. But despite the fact it's a cake, just because of the size and shape of it, it's it often pops up on biscuit. Ah, it does, doesn't it? Is it Lists. something to do with um I think just because people are idiots. Yeah, it is that. You're right. Mm. In 1991, McVitie's had to go to court for a VAT tribunal to prove that it was a cake. Now, I I was reading about this recently, and the definition, isn't it, is that a biscuit will go soft as it goes stale, and a yeah. cake will go hard yes. as it goes stale, which is a kind of nifty and conclusive definition. Although I've never had a packet of Jaffa cakes long enough that they've <laughs> no. gone hard. Mm. So I've taken off the chocolate. So I'm just left with a little round of sponge. See, yeah, that looks... So I can now noisily dissolve in my mouth. 
Although sometimes I might just bite it at this stage. It's just too good. Which way are you going to... Oh, all in. It's all in. So this is one of the questions I really hate um, when other people ask them. So I hate myself as I'm asking this. But um, your character in your book, Frankie, yeah. is also a big fan of Jaffa Cakes. She is. So where does the character end and the author begin? Well, you've got to write back what you know, haven't you? Just True. as a starting place. And I know Jaffa Cakes. Um I mean, there are, there's there's crossover, but I think there's crossover in that there would be, if you took any person, they would find, you know, like anybody who likes Jaffa Cakes or anybody who's a single parent or anybody, you know, there's always going to be a crossover. And I think that's why people like it, because it's relatable, because they can see themselves in the character. So there are, there are like bits of me in it but I think the bits of me that are in it are more of a universal experience that makes sense yeah um although you know we've had some similar jobs and similar things happen but then also a lot of the stuff that's happened to the character I've never had happen to me and vice versa um I was kind of scared at the beginning that it would end up just being me with a different name. But when I tested it on my sister and she read it, she said that she very quickly didn't read it in my voice. So I took that as a good sign. Yeah. And have friends recognised elements of themselves in some of the other characters? No. And I don't think... I don't... There's not... None of the other characters are like specifically written with other people in mind. Um, again, because I think I was worried that that would happen yeah. quite naturally because I have never really written fiction and I didn't know how to like make stuff up. So I was worried that that would just be like, oh, well, I'll just change that name. Um, but no, they're quite unique, I would say. Not really based on anyone. No, there are individual anecdotes. Like there's a little bit in the book where... Um, Flo, the older daughter, is watching a YouTube video about how to descale a kettle. And that came from somebody at my book group who said that it was like the Christmas holidays and she'd found her teenage daughter watching a video on how to descale a kettle. And she was like, God, have they not got anything to do? She didn't even descale the kettle at the end. And yeah. So like things like that are influenced by real life, just because I thought that was a funny thing to include. Um, But yeah, only like the individual anecdotes really and are you working on another book um no not at the moment I never really wanted to write the first one to be honest particularly I mean I was happy to as a sort of challenge hmm. um but I've never especially wanted to write a book so how did it come about they just emailed me and said do you want to write a book <laughs> so I said yeah all right just to you know see if I could yeah um and I could so tick so do you think if they'd not got in touch you never, never would have oh no I wouldn't have written anything and people have said for a while oh you should write like you should turn your blog into a book and I thought well that would just be boring because it's already like millions of words there yeah nobody needs any more of that um and I just like it's so much work isn't it like so long right <laughs> compared to 
just a blog post of 800 words. And did it help that, did they have a lot of deadlines that you needed to meet? And Yeah, I so I wrote it in two months. Gosh. Um, alongside like usual work as well, which is good because I, that was enough time. And if they'd said you've got a year, I'd have left it until two months before anyway, yeah. probably. So I was good. It made me just get on with it. And then I thought, well, so I had three months initially and then my editor said, oh, why don't you have a go doing like first draft after two and then that will give you a month to then play around with it. So I did the first draft and I thought, because everybody says, don't they, like, oh, don't worry about the first draft. It's meant to be really crap and you just have to get it down and then you can really start. Yeah. So I thought there'd be loads to do after that. But like they they barely came back with any comments, really. So, as it is, it's basically how it fell out of my head. Wow. Yeah. Natural. Yeah. It's natural, natural wordsmith. And do, does breaking your day up into chunks when you're on a project of that size um, help? Like, would you be thinking ahead to your next snack break? Oh, yeah. Like, I will quite often say to myself something like, you know, if you work for 20 minutes or if you write 500 words, then you can have a Jaffa cake at the end. And is it usually Jaffa cakes that are that? Yeah, like, because so, so Jaffa cake is like a, you get a treat. It's like a good enough, even if you just get one, you mm. still feel like you've had something nice. And you can make it last, as we've yeah. discovered. And it's kind of easier to manage yourself than if you just cut a massive thick slice of bread and butter. So yeah, I would definitely incentivize myself with snacks just as for life <laughs> I can't imagine life without snacks can uh, you it's no. awful isn't it that's a good way to incentivize anyone isn't it yeah well you say that you see but then like my sister she's about four inches taller than me and weighs about three stone less than me at least and she just doesn't enjoy eating what like she doesn't enjoy how food feels in her mouth so she will eat when she remembers because she knows she needs to but she would prefer not to have to so you offer a plate with a jaffa cake on it and she'd more likely than not just say no i'm okay i'm not hungry <laughs> so being hungry was a prerequisite for having a snack yeah That's it's the whole point of a snack it's weird isn't it like i can't imagine i just get so much pleasure from food and from eating and from like everything about it just think it would be so sad for a start like to sit down for a meal and be thinking oh this is a chore although will it be a chore later at your mum's when she gets your meal <laughs> down after all we've eaten here it might be a bit like that vicar of dibley where she has to eat three christmas oh. dinners how, how many hours do you think you've got until you have to eat um i've probably not that long because they eat quite early but yeah. if i just turn up later i could drag it out it should be okay. I I like I didn't finish the crisps. I feel really full though. <laughs> Same here. It was fun. It's been great. Joe. thank you very much for coming on and giving us your top 10 snacks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Joe. Do have a look at her blog, slummysinglemummy.com and read her book, Playgroups and Prosecco. You can, of course, support the podcast by rating and subscribing or donating on Patreon. Why not follow at my top 10 pod on Twitter and Instagram? 
coming up next week. Comedy writer extraordinaire, Sarah Gibbs. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>